Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome back to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I'm Janelle, your host for today's and this week's critical conversation. Phrases have come into my life that I never thought, I never even thought of, honestly. Phrases like self-quarantine, self-observing, panic buying, and the coronavirus, COVID-19, global health, global health systems. Pandemic is a word, but many, many new phrases, words, thoughts, and a completely new normal being asked of each and every one of us human beings across the globe. Now, in my lifetime, I am 60. And if I live till the age of my mother at this point, who is heading towards her 93rd birthday, I have about 12,045 days left to live on this planet. Well, I want to live my life in a remarkable manner. So in light of all that's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic, I dug deep into my archives actually five years ago when I hosted my first webinar called Be Remarkable, Nine Dots, Nine Decades. The simple e-course guide is still available on my resource page on JanelleReardon.com, but I, I just kept coming back to the work of that short study that was so pivotal in my own life. In that day and in that time, I myself was having a personal crisis, an emotional crisis, where I was self-quarantine. You might call it isolating. Self-quarantine, self-observing. You might call that introspection. You might call it a breakdown or being broken or being pulverized, whatever you call that, I was having an emotional crisis, a dark night of the soul. I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death and God in his mercy, his beautiful grace, picked me up, surrounded me by great people, gave me a community of faith that brushed me off and helped me when I fell down over and over and over again. And I will forever be thankful to those dear men and women and children who surrounded me. In my next book, I'm in the first revisions of that, I have a beautiful teaching called Surrounded by Seven. And in that teaching, I I chose the seven verses of the scripture where um, you find the word surrounded. Sometimes it's interpreted as encompassed, but there's seven strong verses that talk about us being surrounded. And so that season of my life was uh, very critical. 
it was a, a, a very serious, serious, quiet, private panic time in my life. I can only compare it to a maybe a wasn't a pandemic because it wasn't global, but it definitely was a crisis of my soul. And and this pandemic is definitely causing a global crisis of many souls and asking us to come into a whole new way of living our lives. It's interrupted our schedules and our human doing and is requiring, mandating us all over the world to stay close to home, stay in our homes, and stay with our families. Now, I know for a fact how crazy that might be. (laughs) I'm a marriage and family therapist, specialist, trauma-informed, had a lot of my own childhood trauma, and I understand that family is not always the happiest place to be, neither is home the happiest place to be. And some of you might find yourself in that situation and hear any gathering of over 50 people is now being canceled and forbidden. And that would mean a whole lot of churches since most of our churches are mega churches or big churches in our society today. So that is causing all of our places where we go for our sense of identity, whether it's athletics, there's no March Madness, there's no players tournament this past weekend. My husband's an avid golfer and I'm an an avid golfer's wife. And I was like, what do we do on Sunday? We're not watching golf. We're not going to church. This is so, the, the gyms are closing. I can't go to the YMCA. We have to keep a social distance. So, you know, the Masters was canceled. The NBA games and baseball and let's just continue going on and on. It's just crazy. So all of these things that we derive our disordered attachment or our sense of identity from are now being taken from us. And we're just having to be with me, myself, and I, and we, ourselves, and us. (laughs) with our family. So I dug deep and I thought, you know what? I am really grateful for the short study I did, Be Remarkable, during that dark night of my soul. And I believe that as I was reflecting on what I most wanted to share with you, my community, was I don't think I would be the woman I am today. I don't think I would be standing on with both feet on the ground and being grounded I don't think I would be fully embodied in my body and know who I am and whose I am had I not taken out the scriptures and taken out the word remarkable and started studying what that meant. So I want to just this week, every day, five short lessons on the Be Remarkable course. And I created several new words And new principles that have been operating in my life the last five years in full force. And I want to share them with you because I think that they can be a tremendous blessing. And I believe they can be a life-changing force for your family. So I will be making some short little videos as well that you can either find on Instagram, Facebook, or on 
my email and on the private Facebook group. So just go to Janelle Rarden, J-A-N-E-L-L-R-A-R-D-O-N.com and connect and subscribe so that you can receive these free, enriching, empowering, inspiring family teachings that will embolden your family. You know what? There may be, this is going to be a time where all the elephants that have been in the room or all the skeletons that have been sleeping in the closet, it's time to take them out and deal with them and heal and heal your family. Be in the same house, sit around and just heal. And let me help you do that. So please subscribe and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive these as soon as they come out and receive the benefit of them. So in this Be Remarkable study, I initially started looking at the word remarkable. And if you look at it, re means to be, it me, remarkable means to be remembered, to take notice of, to be noteworthy. Re, the prefix, occurs originally in Latin, meaning again and again. And again, to indicate repetition, and it comes from circa 1200 from the old French, and then it comes directly from the Latin re again, can mean again, back, anew, or against. So remarkable then means to what, what I first initially said to myself was, Janelle, what do you want to keep marking in your life and in the family of your in the and in the life of your family what do you want to keep remarking and what remarkings do you hope last with your legacy are you remarking wisdom strength grace joy inner stability, emotional health, spiritual health, faith, integrity, prosperity? Or are you remarking and leaving a remarkable, unhealthy legacy of judgment and shame and gossip and hate and criticism and unfaithfulness? Maybe just take a moment, pause here at the beginning. Just take a deep breath with me and consider for just a few moments what your answer to that question might be. What am I remarking in my life? Am I remarking infidelity or fidelity? Am I remarking faithfulness or unfaithfulness? Am I remarking remarking worry or faith? Am I remarking anger or grace or emotional control, self-control? Am I remarking, ultimately, the end-all question is, am I remarking the Christ image or my own image? 
So just take a moment and think, what are you again and again and again and again and again and again in your life and in your family and in your spheres of influence, what are you remarking? Again and again and again. Is it busyness? Is it yelling? Is it fury? Is it pornography addiction? Is it alcohol addiction? Is it apathy? Is it insecurity, inferiority? In overcoming hurtful words, I give you two two beautiful illustrations of an unhealthy heart and a healthy heart. So you can pull that out if you have the book. If not, you can order it on Amazon right now. It's a great book to uh, examine your own heart. That's really what the whole book is about, Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story. It was about how I examined my own heart and rewrote my very unhealthy story. And it led me to being whole. So what are we remarking again and again and again? So I just want you to have that in the front of your mind, in your prefrontal cortex, that place in our mind where we have our higher level level thinking, our rational thinking, and consider what it is that you are remarking. So in this Be Remarkable study, I went through three specific R's, the three R's. Rest, resilience, and radiance. But for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to switch it around just a little bit. And I'm going to start with resilience because I, I truly believe that in light of all that has come fast forwarding into us and throwing our world into a tizzy, these new normals, this self-quarantining, this panic buying, all of this, my first initial response was emotional regulation. Janelle, emotionally regulate now. This is a new normal. And I honestly, I do not think I could have done that five years ago. I think I would have been a a lot more stressed and anxious, but I've done a lot of hard heart work. And the fruit of that heart work for me has been a deep resilience, a spiritual resilience, not just resilience. Let's so we're going to look at resilience today. And I dictionary calls it a capability. I like to think of it that way as well, and also a capacity. Capacity means our maximum amount of something. A capacity is a maximum amount of something. So Capability is our power, our ability at its maximum. So we want to have, we want to be operating in our daily life at our highest capacity emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. That is what we are all about here in the Stronger Everyday community. And at the Speak Healing Words podcast, we verbalize and put into words everything about our community. We are committed to the threefold cord of emotional health and spiritual authenticity, mental and emotional fitness, healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. So when we look at resilience, 
we know that it's a capability, a power or an ability breathed into each one of us. It is an impartation that I believe is given by God when he breathed his life into us in the Genesis 2-7 beginning, when he decided in his mind, hey, I think it's time for the world to have a Janelle. It's time for the world to have a Rob. It's time for the world to have a Candace, a Brooke, a Grant. You fill in your name. God breathed into us his breath, his God-sized breath that was full of his nature and his character. That included absolutely everything in our life that we were going to need to lead our eudaimonious life. Eudaimonia is a life, a pursuit of meaningfulness. I believe God breathed into us resilience. And that is an impartation that is given to us that enables and empowers us to face any of life's challenges. Impartation, I understand that's a very big word, (laughs) but it just means to make something known. So teachers impart information. I am imparting information to you right now in the hopes that you will learn and that you will grow and then you will impart this to your families, to your children, to your spheres of influence, to your coworkers, to, but particularly today, since we are primarily on self-quarantine, to yourself and to your children, to your marriage. Resilience is an ability that is learned, practiced, and remarked again and again and again. Every single day. And if I have 12,045 days to live, if I live to be 93, then every day I am going to be remarking resilient behaviors, resilient communication, resilient sense of self. I am going to embody resilience every day. I'm going to repeat it over and over and over again. Resilience is a quality shared by great people, great teams, great leaders, great corporations, and great, great families. I like to think of resilience training as a threefold cord as well. I always love to image a threefold cord because it comes from Ecclesiastes and it, it's just, it cannot easily be broken. So when we have a threefold cord, it means it's pretty tough to break it down. So Resilience Training 101 today is just remembering that resilience is the ability to bounce back in a positive manner from difficult situations. So resilience is the ability to bounce back and adapt in a positive manner to difficult situations. But let's add to that, since we are followers of the Christ, let's add uh, the beautiful definition of Robert J. Wicks and his small, powerful book that I often, often loan or encourage my clients to get and keep at hand because it can be read very quickly, but it's like an IV of resilience and power. So Robert J. Wicks defines spiritual resilience, not simply about recovering from adversity, but it is about bouncing back in a way that deeper knowledge of both God and self 
results. So with the right guidance during difficult times and periods, like now, of confusion, pain, heightened anxiety, stress, panic, we then, you and me and our families, have a unique opportunity to nurture inside of this chaos, inside of this heightened period of, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? We have an opportunity and we know, or maybe you don't know, and I'm glad to be bringing it to you today, that Chinese markings, the Chinese mark for crisis is two marks, opportunity and, oh, I'm just forgetting it, opportunity. Well, I know that it, crisis means it's an opportunity. So an opportunity for growth. We have a unique opportunity to nurture our relationship with God and enable it to grow in surprising ways. So I'm going to read that again because I feel like you're probably writing this down and I really want you to have it. I will be writing on the blog every day this week and just putting a short little summary of what we're doing on the podcast Spiritual resilience is not simply about recovering from adversity. It is about bouncing back. And here's the difference between just resilience and spiritual resilience. So we want to bounce back in a way that deeper knowledge of both God and self results. With the right guidance during difficult times and periods of confusion, pain, stress, mayhem, global crisis, pandemics, we then, you and me, who have an innate, empowering endowment of God's spirit within us, we have this opportunity to nurture our relationship to God and enable it to grow in surprising ways. I learned and continue to learn from spiritual giants that have gone before me There are so many to name. One, Corey Ten Boom, the powerful, powerful woman who endured uh, concentration camps, lost her family. Oh, this woman imaged for me resilience. And as I taught her story to my children, reminded me of what it means to be a person who in the deepest, darkest hour of their life is able to bounce back from that, not only push through it, press through it, pray through it, but then come forth from it with a deeper understanding of God and self. That's spiritual resilience. Sir Isaac Newton once said, if I have seen farther, it is because I am standing on the shoulders of giants. If I have seen farther, it is because I am standing on the shoulders of giants. And I am standing on the shoulders of giants today. Who are your spiritual giants? I just want you to be thinking about this as you move through this week, as you face the difficulties and the frustrations and the maddening of What do I do now? My children's schools are closed. I work full time. I cannot take off work. Daycares are closing. What do I do? So many questions. Worrying around 
And that worrying around your head causes worry and fear and anxiety. And I so get it. Oh, I know. It's maddening and frustrating and overwhelming and all the feels. So we want to think about those men and women, those spiritual giants who have gone before us. And I'm just going to take a pause and I want to read to you. I, I was listening to a wonderful pastor yesterday uh, via the television since churches were closed. And he was sharing the powerful, powerful story of the three Hebrew teenagers who were thrown into a blazing furnace. That story is recorded in the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel in chapter three. And I just want to read uh, a little bit of it today. And I'm going to read it. And I want you to participate in Lexio Divina fashion. If you don't know what that means, go to one of the episodes prior. It's all about Lexio Divina and divine reading and how to move through that. But basically, it's four movements. I'm just going to read this short story. I want you to listen between the lines. I want you to place yourself in this story in history and notice. What do you notice? What are you feeling in your body when you hear the story being read? What emotions are coming out in you? And who do you identify with? What point of view are you seeing this story through? A little bit of the backstory in the beginning of Neb uh, in the beginning of Daniel 3 we we meet the king Nebuchadnezzar again. And Nebuchadnezzar had a mighty big ego in this chapter, and he constructs a nine, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, holy moly, statue of himself. Yeah, he did. He really did. And then he went and sent messages to the high officers, the officials, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. And so they all came and they stood before this massive statue of King, the king himself. And then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Yikes. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Okay. So we're going to skip on down. To verse 12 in Daniel 3. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, and they're not paying any attention to you, king. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. They won't bow down. They just aren't going to, they're not doing it. So there were tattletales, basically. There were those who went and told the king that these three young teens, we're informed through theological study that they were teens, that they weren't going to bow down. They were Daniel, the prophet Daniel's closest, closest fellows. So he had them under his wing. And Daniel was a man known to us in the scripture as 
I mean, he was pretty darn perfect. It doesn't, there's nowhere in the whole written record of Daniel where he isn't known as the wisest man in the land and and he's so obedient. And so these three young teenagers were his protégés, his understudies, and they they weren't going to bow down because Daniel had taught them not to do that. And so we see in verse 13, I'll pick up there, and I just want you to take close your eyes, take a breath, unless you're driving, of course. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance. Nebuchadnezzar says to them, probably eye to eye, face to face. He was in a rage, so I'm sure his face was blood red. I'll give you one more chance to bow. You better worship the statue when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. Do you hear me? But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied by ropes, fell into the roaring flames. Okay, are you ready for this? Verse 24. But suddenly, 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 Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, 
Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them. You bet they did. And saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command And we were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race, nation, language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. That's the end of Daniel 3. And I read from Daniel 3, 13 through verse 30. Wow. I will be soaking in this all week, and we will talk more and more about it all week. We're just going to take the story and these three spiritual giants, actually four because Daniel mentored these three spiritual giants who were martyrs. They thought they were giving their life and martyrdom. And they're in a thrown into a furnace waxed seven times hotter than normal. And they are walking around it unbound. So their ropes were burned, but they were not touched. The hairs of their head were not touched. Their clothing was not touched. They did not smell of smoke. That, my friends, my fellow followers of Christ, all of those who are with me today, that is the power of God in the midst of a crisis. That is the God that we serve. I don't know if I would have had or would have that capacity. I want to hope that I would. But that's why I practice every day my faith. I practice. I read God's word. I hide it in my heart. I commune with God. I practice my faith so that when my faith is tested like now in this fiery furnace of a pandemic of global, global, Global means I want us to be filled with remarkable resilience today. So that threefold cord of resilience training is going to be spiritual, simple daily practices where we collect strength. And we'll talk more about that next time, which leads to a heart at rest and a heart at rest is a heart at its best. We have the cord of mental training daily, sometimes minute by minute choices to change or transform emotion-driven behaviors. 
And the key here, learning how to emotionally regulate when everyone around us is in a panic. I can only do that when I develop the skill of resilience, that toughness, that mental fitness, that emotional stability that goes, God is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. Even though I'm surrounded by fear and anxiety and stress, it will not go through the armor of faith that I have over my heart and chest and the salvation helmet that I have on. Read all about that armor in Ephesians 6. So powerful. And we want to have, obviously, physical resilience in our bodies. So we want to care for our bodies. And even though we can't go to the gym, we can have physical activity inside of our homes. We can take a walk. And if it's sunny, let the healing power of the sun make our immune systems stronger than ever. So I'm going to leave you with just a really went long today. Just looked at the clock. But this is a special week for special times and special messages to encourage our spiritual uh, fortitude and give us the resilience and remarkability that we need. So developing spiritual resilience takes discipline, practice, and a healthy community of support. And that's what we're here for. Resilience is an attribute spiritual giants share. It's developed over time through testings and trials. So we are in prime, prime time to grow in our spiritual resilience. Resilience is an impartation. It's bestowed and empowered on us. It's God breathed, not man breathed. And it is of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I believe he empowers us. He breathes over us, in us, and around us so that we have a fortitude of spirit, soul, mind, and body that is not of our own doing. Resilience then, are you ready for this, is directly related, and we're going to relate it uh, next time to the spiritual practice of rest. So as a result of strengthening my relationship with God through reading and knowing his word, fine-tuning my ability to really hear his voice, spending time with other followers, resilience takes root in the form of recovering strength and renewing vitality. So I am leaving you today with this blessing over you. May you have an endowment of resilience come upon you and your household. May the Holy Spirit breathe over your home, in your home, breathe through every hallway of your home and every room in your home. May the Holy Spirit help you and infuse you with a spiritual resilience that enables you to bounce back in tough times with a deeper understanding of God and of yourself. Lean in. Lean in, friends. Lean in. This is a time to heal your families, to get to know your families, to get to know what it feels like to be a human being in beautiful, intimate relationships with others. It seems that our busyness has 
is being enforced in a is arrest is being enforced into our busyness. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's unnerving. I've been there. But may you lean in and may you be blessed and may you open your hands, heart, mind, body, soul and receive an endowment of God-breathed resilience today. Until tomorrow, lean in and love one another. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.